Well, thank you for taking the time. Um, how's the day going aside from having to talk to people like me who ask you the same questions over and over and over again? You know what? The day is great. It's a beautiful day in Vancouver. And on top of that, I'm so happy to be talking about this movie. So same questions or not same questions. I'm just happy to be talking about it. Well, I appreciate that answer right there. So Double Life is the latest movie from you. How much of the Sharon character is there in you, the human being? Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot, I would say. I think this character was very challenging for me for that reason. I, at first, uh, when I initially read the script, I thought, I don't know who she is and I don't know why she does the things and makes the decisions and choices that she does. It did not seem obvious to me, but that's also a good thing. That's a, because it's a challenge. It makes me go, okay, I really need to do a lot of thinking and puzzling over this character to make sense of it. And that's exciting for me. It's like, it's a puzzle, literally a puzzle for me to try and put together. And so I was excited about it. And, um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there was a lot of similarities. Uh, Karen or Sharon is, very uh reserved she's mm -hmm. kind of uh quieter more in control um yeah and, and and she's she's got a lot of sadness and grief that she carries around with her even prior to the movie but like the main the inciting incident in the beginning of the movie but even before right. that she's got a lot of pain in her and that was something that i definitely I, I don't feel myself and so but that's exciting it was exciting to figure that out when and where was the movie filmed? I couldn't figure that out because these days you'll see a movie that says here in New York and you go, no, that's Atlanta. <laughs> so it filmed in Vancouver and uh, we filmed it a, a year ago, almost exactly. We filmed it May 2022. Mm -hmm. That is a quick turnaround in movie land. Is it? I feel I felt like it was quite long. I've done movies where the turnaround is much shorter than that. But uh, yeah, so a year, though. Uh, to me, that's a long time because early into the pandemic, when you'd be doing these kinds of junkets, you'd go, when did they make this movie? And they'd go, oh, well, it's pre-pandemic. And you'd right. find out movies were three or four years. But in your case, you've done the, how do you call it when there's a disaster happening and the people have to fight nature or one of those? Like you've done those, you've done the yeah. horror stuff, TV, film. You're really hard to classify at this point in time. I, I, that's a compliment. I take it as a deep compliment. I mean, that's the, that's kind of why I got into acting. I, I definitely wanted to work in different genres and, and play different characters. That's what's exciting for me. And that's, what's challenging and, um, and inspiring. And so I'm glad that I've got, got to play in, in a multitude of different genres and so many different types of characters. It was exciting for me to get this character of Sharon in Double Life, because not only did I feel like it was a character I hadn't played before, but also even a genre that I haven't really touched on in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really felt like I had to exercise some muscles that I hadn't used in a long time. And, and that's fun. And then you've also found success as a producer on some of your projects as well. So at this point in time, you're like, sometimes it's TV, sometimes it's film, sometimes also producing. Sounds like you are where you wanted to be a long time ago. I don't know if I envisioned that this is where I was going to end up. I honestly didn't. I think I was a surprise. Initially, I thought I was going to be a theater actress exclusively, oh. and I didn't think I was going to be working in film and TV at all. And then uh, I graduated from theater school and then uh, started getting offers or started auditioning, thinking, oh, I'll just do this 
film and TV thing just to make a little bit of extra money while I do my theater stuff. And then it just, that's where I ended up finding success. And that's where I was really started getting really excited. And so, um, you know, it's one part what I've been working towards, but also mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of space in the longevity of my career for surprises and going, oh, I didn't see that coming, but this is a new challenge that I'm excited to take on. And here we are. And Double Life, is that the like latest thing or do you know what is coming next after Double Life? Well, so I filmed Double Life and then I've got season 10 of When Calls the Heart, which is the series that I do on Hallmark Channel. That is coming out this summer on July 30th. And so Double Life is coming out next week. And then When Calls the Heart will start airing in the summer. And we actually, we're, we're going ahead for season uh, 11 also. So in the summer, I'll start filming season 11 of uh, When Calls the Heart. How many shows make it past like season six? So yeah, not many, not many. When we started filming, I really, well, I, when we originally started filming, I was brought on as a guest star in season one. I was actually on a different TV show as a regular. And mm -hmm. then uh, in the hiatus, I just, they brought me on to do a guest star. And then, then that guest star evolved into being one of their regulars and leads on the show. And the rest is history. But at that time, I thought it was just this tiny little strange period genre TV show mm -hmm. that I didn't know would find an audience. I, 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 I didn't see a place for it in the scope of the TV land. Right. And I think that that actually should have been an indication that it probably was going to find a place because no one else was taking up that real estate. No one else was creating a show like it. And so we've had this amazing success of this audience that's grown and grown and grown and grown over 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I remember those first couple of seasons, season one, season two, season three, me thinking, huh, I think we've got something here. And if we can just make it to season seven, that would be really exciting for me. Cause at that time, that was kind of as far as I could envision. There was not a big frame of reference for shows going longer than seven seasons and I thought and even that was extremely rare and I thought oh that would be a really unique experience to get to seven seasons what does it look like to play a character and allow a character to evolve after over so much time and then here we are season 10 going into season 11 I mean beyond my wildest imagination that one episode guest star turning into a long-running thing it happens more often than you think it's Steve Urkel that's one of them that I can think of <laughs> He was a guest star, I'm and then they went. Miracle of Hallmark. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, down to the last two questions before I let you go. The first one is: when you're not busy with your career, where does the time usually go? Well, I'm a mom, so the, I don't know where the time's going. It's going though; it goes quickly. Driving. <laughs> Driving. Got it. And uh, the last thing I have for you is: besides your great show in Hallmark, do you have a TV recommendation that you could pass along for me and the wife? Because every time we say we're going to start a show, we kill it in five days, and we go, "What's next?" You know, Mrs. Maisel's done. What's next? Well, so this one I know you're probably watching because everybody's watching. But Ted Lasso, you're obviously watching Ted Lasso. But it's coming like the latest season, last season, I think. I don't I think they've announced they're not going to do anymore. They're coming out one at a time, so. Mm -hmm you can only enjoy them in small increments. You can't binge it. So I would say go for that. The other one I've been really enjoying is uh, Bad Sisters on Apple. Have oh, you yeah. watched that? Yeah. I, I got to be part of a junket on that. So, you know. The... Oh, so did you, so you watched it all? 
No, uh, I, I mean, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> I watched every single thing I am sent and I love it all. Correct answer. I passed the test. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good. <laughs> it was a test and you passed. Barely, barely. <laughs> My improv skills, yes, and. Uh, well, hey, thank you for your time and congratulations on the shows getting season 10 and 11, Double Life, producing, et cetera. Really looking forward to whatever's coming next from you. Awesome. Thanks so much.
Jorge, a pleasure to be speaking to you this morning. How's it going besides having to talk to me? Oh, freaking amazing, man. <laughs> well, Enjoying I'm, the retired life. Caviar, golf, pickleball, more caviar. Um, I'm fucking chilling, bro. Champagne, wine. People are sending me wine bottles because I retired. And they're saying I should get sophisticated. So I don't even drink wine. So I got a bunch of wine bottles that just been showing up in my house. And I'm not going to lie, maybe I drank one or two. So retirement's not too bad, you know? Well, you might not be drinking the wine, but you drink Recuerda Mezcal, am I correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, you know. Um, but I'm not really like, uh, it's never like too much of a of a big drinker, you know, but now that I'm retired, it's, uh, I had like two cups of wine last week, you know, it's getting up there. Right. Well, you keep saying retirement and most people's retirement means they're kicking back and doing nothing. In your case, game bread, bare knuckle, MMA, that's not retirement right here. You no, are no. working more in retirement than most people work when they're not retired. No, no, no. I'm just retired from fighting at the highest levels that the sport has to offer. Um, but as far as life goes, I've just begun. I'm a baby when it comes to life, you know. But for for fighting, unfortunately, I just I can't keep it up there no more. You know, the the motor function, the the reaction time isn't the same, you know, as even two, three years ago. Whoops. Hello. Lost you then. Well, I mean, at least you went out on your own terms. A lot of people overstay their welcome. Yeah, and that's something I, I never wanted to do. Um, plus, I got in the sport so young, man. I would say I was 12, 11 years old. I was already at gyms, you know, going once a day, twice a day, you know, right. so on and so on. And as I kept getting a little bit older, it just piled up more and more and more. And and I, I've been around the gym forever, and I knew a lot of guys that – they would tell me like, hey, man, you know, don't stick around. I, I knew a lot of guys who were just fighting because they needed the money. And they were like way too old. And they were just, you know, basically taking a dive or, or just getting a check. And I always told myself that that'll never be me. You know, and a good way to judge it was my performances in the gym, how I would work out in the gym and if I could still run with the Packer now. And and obviously fight night, you know, game speed, because the gym is one thing. And then fight night game speed is like a different thing, you know. Right. A, a lot of fighters, pretty much, they always have a number in their mind where they go, I'm going to be retired by age blank. Did you have an exit strategy? No, I always just wanted to to, to go to the gym and, and judge it off the gym. You know, I'm at American Top Team, the best gym in the world, and, and we have so many great competitors, so many champions, so many guys in right. the top five throughout, you know, the whole gym. So I always thought, like, when I'm going to the gym and I'm just not doing well, that, that'll be a, a good sign, you know, or when I'm just not winning fights. We've seen a lot of America's Top Team featured in All Elite Wrestling, AEW. Is that a place where we might see you again in the future? AEW, WWE, KFC, as long as they got money for me, you know, I'm, I'm there, man. They got to pay the bills and I'm there. You know, I'll go domesticate all those savage fucking wrestlers real quick you know get these guys in line if they need me to they just got to pay me the money you know acting is that something that you also want to do they got to pay me the money man i'm I'm not looking forward to like acting because they kind of tell you like a lot of things you know there's a lot of things that they're telling you and stuff and i don't know if i want to do acting but I, i'll tell you what i do want to do that's promote fights man I, that that's what i love i've been doing it the last like two years and change and um and I love, and it's something I think very fitting. All the things that you mentioned, I could, I could still do them on the side, but promoting will be my bread and butter, you know, because um, 
as you know, Darren, like you, you know me from fighting, right? So right. like, imagine now I became like a painter and I'm trying to sell you paintings. It'll be like, what's wrong with this dude, you know? But I'm here selling you fights and violence. All, all you know me for and all I know. So it, it works out that way. And it just so happens that that I have a, a passion for, for fighting. I, I, I love this. Um, The doors were open to me many, 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 many years ago when Kimbo Slice and Icy Mike invited me onto their backyard to fight in their platform. And the whole world got, got to get a taste of me and see a young me there. So it's always uh, something that stayed in my heart, you know, and, and now it goes like full 360, full circle, because now I get to do it for these young, hungry, up-and-coming guys, or maybe guys that are not young that, that you know, don't have that platform to, to go out there and showcase their skills. Now I get to do it, you know? Come on over to my show, fight, get all this shine, get all this publicity that I'm getting. The only guy that has more publicity than me as a promoter is who? Dana White. Other than that, every other promoter I crush, I, I, I tsunami over them, you know? So I'm going to use that to promote all my fighters, to boost them to the very, very top. Well, you say that your brand is violence, but I think that there's so many other ventures that you could be successful in. For example, if if you said I have an energy drink, I think people would go, yeah, that's a guy with energy. That makes sense. I, uh, I'm sponsored by the best energy drink, Monster. Shit. Okay. So, so I think that we've learned here that if you want to do something, you're going to do it. And if they're going to pay you money for it, you'll do it. If someone wants to get you a business proposal, what's the best way to find you? Um, I got emails for them, you know, different different emails they can send out. Should I say here, you want the email here? <laughs> Whatever you want to put out into the public. But I guess what you're saying is you can What's be found. Say, say it here at the camera, I can't. Victoria M. Gonzalez, B-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z-A at gmail.com. Okay, that's if you want to find him and give him money. That's where you get him. So with <laughs> so with Gamebred, arena show coming up. We see Roy Nelson, Marcus Perez, and all that. More shows coming after that this year. Do you know what's booked? And you don't have to give me an exclusive. It's just oh, it's I'm big and it's coming. I'm giving you an exclusive. So we we got, you know, Roy Nelson versus Dylan Kleckler, May 5th, stack card from top to bottom. We got numerous UFC veterans, numerous PFL veterans. Um, we got the PFL light heavyweight champion going up against Marcus Perez, actually. Um, we got, we got Carl Semon Muntafa. I don't want to mess up his name, versus Jamal Tatum, <laughs> undefeated. Right. Both they're both heavyweights with like an 85% finishing rate. Jamal's only been to a decision once. Um, we got also Sean Seriano versus Ago Husick. This is going to be a fucking a banger, bro. Both guys are veterans. Sure. Once you see one from the PFL, this is going to be a fucking another fight. South Florida guys that, that train out of here. Bro, I'm like very excited, but I'm going to break something on your on your show right here in about two weeks' time. I'm going to come back and break a huge boxing card on your platform. Um, I'm the same guy that threw the Roy Jones versus Anthony Pettis, Jose Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens, Vitor Belfort versus Jacare Salza. I'm telling you, we're going to do it bigger. We're going to do it better. We're going to do it meaner. I'm going to come back in about two weeks' time and break this card with you. I just need a couple more bout agreements here, a couple Jeez. more boxes there, and we're done so, I'm bringing you some top-notch boxers versus some top-notch MMA guys and so on and so on. We've got a nice, you know, mixture of, of things happening in that boxing event. And then 
maybe, hopefully by then, I got other stuff finalized for the next GFC bare knuckle card. I have an amazing grappler. I have a grappler that's going to turn everybody's heads. When they find out who's coming over to compete, everybody's going to go, holy smokes, how did this happen? This grappler's coming bare knuckle. And he's going to be fighting with us for a little bit. You know, he's going to get a couple fights signed with us, uh, you know. And he's also, I think, in the show for a lot of grapplers that, man, it's probably better for them bare knuckle because you don't have that extra glove on top of the extra pad on top of the, oh, you're gripping out. It's just right, right away, lock it in, you know. So I think a lot of grapplers will start making the transition, especially after they see um, maybe this individual having some success. So I'm just waiting for some signatures. And I'll be back to break these on here. And um, it's going to be a fun ride, man. Outro.